0: this is when spirit calls and you on your journey are in the right place this show is about magic miracles and meaning shared through stories interviews and channeled messages we have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth let's get to it when spirit calls is right now
1: Today's special guest is Pam Johnson. Pam is an inspirational speaker, author, and channeler who lives in Honolulu, Hawaii, where she met her husband, Alan, during his first visit to the islands in 1990. Born in London, England, Alan was a natural born medium who had contact with the spirit world from a very early childhood until he passed away in August of 2020. For well over 30 years, Alan and Pam maintained an active practice working as mediums, channelers, and healers. When Alan returned to Pam, he asked her to write a book with him that would show people how to continue their relationships through the veil and gave her the title, Supernatural Love, A True Story of Life and Love After Death. Pam, with Alan's help, Teach direct spirit communication through private sessions and their group coaching program, the Supernatural Love Academy. They also teach about love in the afterlife every week inside their Facebook group, Soulmates in the Afterlife. Please help me to welcome our guest today, Pam. Oh, welcome back to all of you. We're so happy to be with you on When Spirit Calls. And you have learned all about our beautiful guest today. Pam is in the house. Hi, Pam. Hey, hi, Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to have you. You know, when I saw the title of your book, I just was like, okay, there's something I need to do with this woman. I need to (laughs) chat with this woman. And the reason is because I lost somebody that I loved deeply. And I oftentimes would joke that I have a better relationship with that person now that they're dead. And I know that that might sound like dark humor, but Bear with me, because you are going to share your story, and you're going to help us to see what I really mean by that, I think. So Pam,
2: why don't you start us off by telling us your love story? Well, I will do that before I have to just address what you just said, because one of the things my husband said when he came back to me was, Pam, isn't it better that I'm dead? (laughs) I said, (laughs) what? And he goes, because I'm more me, and you're going to become more you. Because in connecting with me, you're just going to come alive. And this is what we agreed to do, by the way. You know, I, my passing was planned and I was a complete shock to me. And then when he said, we're going to write this book, I thought, a book? Like, um, okay, how, what do I do with that? So he just said, just tell your story. Tell your story to people. okay. And, and so I'll get into that in a minute. But the way, the way this all began was I met Alan. Um, In 1990, when he came to Hawaii for a visit, he was a psychic medium from the UK and a natural-born medium. And he had begun doing his psychic work at a later age. He was about 52 when I met him, 52, 53. And so he was traveling the world and, and getting a lot of notoriety for that and hosted by a lot of wealthy people because they'd recognized his abilities and so I met him when he came to Hawaii because I would born and raised in Hawaii. I was working at a New Age store in Honolulu at the time, and he walked in the store. and uh, Long story short, we got to know each other. You know, ended up getting married, and I thought we were going to do spiritual work together. You know, you would think that, right? Like your partner's a psychic, you're a psychic, but that never happened. And I was actually it was actually one of the disappointments of my life, if you'd say, because because I wanted to teach with him because he was doing that with his psychic friend at the time. And I thought, well, I want to do that. But a lot of other things interfered in that. And it wasn't until he died at the age of, well, he turned 83. On his birthday, he died. And he immediately came back to me and he said, this is what we're meant to do. This is what we're meant to work together. And I thought, you're kidding. So I had to wait till I'm you know, at that time, I think I was 68. And I thought, okay, that was about, he died in 2020 at the, at the really the, when COVID was kicking up. And, but he didn't die from that. He died of uh, injuries due to his dementia that he suffered a fall. So, but he came back to me and he said, this is the work we just planned to do. We planned before we came into this life. And, and I, cause I always wondered why I was Studying all these things, knew all these things, and I didn't feel like I'd really found my mission. You know, I didn't really, and and yet people were very in love with my work, in love with my what I would do. And I thought, but yeah, but I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm not feeling this is my passion. And I I didn't find it till he passed, and then I could feel that this is what I was born to do. That I was preparing all those years to do. And he was going to do that from the other side. And I, in fact, had a friend who's very spiritual who said, well, I always knew that Alan's going to help with the ascension, but I thought he was going to be in a body. But now I see that he's working from the other side. So basically, return the say we're going to work together, do readings together. Uh, I do channeling. So it's like channeled readings where I oftentimes will bring in the loved one of the other person. It's, it's mediumship, but not quite, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like I'm I'm actually embodying their loved one and it's sometimes quite intense because I feel their love and and then I'll just be them and I'll express what they're saying and it's been fascinating that journey but we're also teaching people how to make that contact through the veil because even though I was and am a practicing psychic channel it was still hard for me. I mean I still doubted and I thought Am I making this up? Is this, am I talking to myself? You know, all psychics, we all do that, right? Yes, I mean, none of, none of us think like, oh yeah, I got it. Like, I know everything. Like, no, no, no. We're like, the ego is like, are you sure? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. so I had to go through that. And luckily, you know, he kept saying, keep talking, keep talking, keep believing. The point is you got to believe and you know everything you need to know. Like, in other words, somebody asked a question, I would get the download of what the answer was because I've done that this for thirty now going on thirty six years, and and he's ha- helped me see that really when we teach because we teach now teach people in our what we call our supernatural love academy, which which is a coaching, a training program if you will, but it really is more of a program to help people spiritually awaken because I discovered that that was the key. It wasn't about becoming a psychic. Reader, or even a medium. I mean, everyone's a natural medium for their loved ones through the veil because of the bonds of love, right? right. You don't have to go to school to talk to someone you love in the spirit world. Right. That's for mediums who want to train to do that for strangers. But for us, we don't need to do that. And I'm finding that the people we work with, the same thing like they're, they're beginning of contact, they're, they're experiencing things. And, and so our work is really just to teach them the, the nature of reality, because a lot of people don't understand, you know, that we create with our thoughts and that our limiting beliefs are the only things that are going to get in the way of anything, including connecting through the veil, because that's it. It's not about becoming the most profound psychic, because I have met mediums who still can't talk to their loved ones on the other side. They have to go to another medium. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Like, I have people they are not mediums who are talking to their loved ones in the spirit world. And, you know, come on. It's not about that. It's about your level of awareness, you know, and whether you've cleared out what is in your way. And that's what spirit always told me. They said, you don't need to add anything to yourself. You need to remove what's blocking you and get clear on what the truth is. That's all. You don't, there's nothing to learn out there because you already know it. So you, it's about just receiving that information from divine mind, which every soul has access to. You don't have to go to school for that. You just have to believe and then trust. And so that's what we do with our students and in our free Facebook group, which he says I want to plug because we do teach for free in our group, Soulmates in the Afterlife. And we are enthusiastic about continuing to teach every week for about, I try to make it half an hour, but I can never keep it to half an hour, I'm always going to an hour. <laughs> I just, I'm just always over delivering. I just like that because I'm so passionate about helping people break through their grief so that they can connect. Because it really isn't that hard, not anymore. I think you would probably agree things have shifted so people can open up to this like that. They just have to give it a chance, you know, and and relax and and not doubt about it. So our rule really is to just keep reminding them of who they are, who they can be, and and say, yes, your loved one is right there. Feel them, like tap into that, believe what you're experiencing because it is absolutely real and all that. So oh okay. I don't know. I hope I summed up my like my history. And, yeah, and
1: you right now so there's there's so much there. And I know you had to shore in the story for for us, for our listeners, but you know, I want to share. You know how beautiful it is that you found this human being that you loved so much, and that you and your humanness believed it would be while he was still here in his humanness that you would teach together. And you had that vision, so you knew in your heart you were going to teach together. Oh yeah, it's just that it turned out a little different. than well, A little different, like. So now he's still very active. I can feel oh. energy. So, I feel like I'm interviewing both of you. So, when you are doing your work, because you referenced the we, you know, we've got the supernatural love academy. And so, you have committed still, even in your relationship after death, to be part of his world and his, him part of your world. So, can you share what that interaction looks like for you guys? Like, does he come through all the time? Does he leave you alone? Care <laughs> of the bounds? <laughs> I'm curious.
2: Um, well, right now there's no boundary because that, that's my you know, intention. And everybody can have set their own intention. Yeah. But because we're partners and because we're twin souls and all that, and I mean, it's just part of it. And and so it's almost like I can't have a thought that he's not part of, if you will. And, and to some degree, I always feel him because that was our agreement on both sides. So it wasn't just like him, you know, saying, I'm not going to leave you. I'm right. Like, and I said, yeah, I want you to always be here. And so, yeah, he's always there, always present. He's more alive than he was when he was in a body. Quite honestly, he was somewhat dissociated when he was in a body because of his emotional issues. And that's another thing people find out as they read our book that we're really, even though we were both professional psychics, everybody, a lot of people tell me they relate to our story because our human relationship marriage was not perfect as most relationships are right and so they could identify like oh yeah my husband was just like your husband and and I really relate to it so he said we had to have those human issues so that people could relate to us otherwise what would we be these these gurus who just had this perfect relationship and what do you have to learn from that right like oh well, you just were born lucky or, you're already enlightened? No, 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 no. We were not enlightened, and nobody really is enlightened because you're always learning and growing, even when you cross over. There's no end to the evolution. Enlightenment is not really what people think it is. But so he's very much part of my life. I hear him. It's like he's commenting. Well, he always kind of did that when he was the body, but now it's like. But now he now he says at least his advice is actually useful. <laughs> Before. he didn't really know all that he knows, and now he'll tell me things, and I'll go, "Really?" And he goes, "Are you Pam?" I now I finally do know everything. <laughs> like, are you gonna like accept it? And when I say that, I say that a little tongue in cheek because it's not literally like he knows everything, you know. Right. But yeah. but because he can't, he says he can't tell me everything because there's things that I have to learn myself. Right. So he's like a guide in some ways, a partner yeah. for sure even a lover still. And I have people in my academy that are having that kind of physical interdimensional connection with their partners. Okay. Let's just say uh, we, we in our academy call it supernatural sex. That's a real thing in our academy. And, and so it's just fascinating for me to watch what's happening with the people who are studying with us because they're having more profound experiences than I'm having. Wow. And I'm, thrilled about it because spirits said that that would be what I would see happening, that I'd see people that really took off because everyone's different. But Al and I are holding the space. So when I teach, when I work, he comes through, I'll feel him sometimes more strongly than others. And I'll know when he's really more speaking for him, you know, himself than me, but it's always kind of blended. You know, it's not like it's so different. And He said that the reason we didn't work together when we were married for 30 years was that we were actually kind of blending during that time and we were always together. We were very rarely apart, so we're always together and we were very compatible and yet the relationship was somewhat emotionally flat. You know, it was was loving, it was positive in all respects, but there wasn't passionate. I think you know what I mean, like some couples... They love each other. You can feel they have a good relationship, but they're not really alive. They're not really passionate. They're just kind of going through the motions, you know, but they're not depressed. This Well, Alan says he was depressed, but I was so, so, sort of maybe. But so, you know, that's how we experience it. It's very, it's just, he's just always there. And yeah. he's always like advising me or saying, well, you decide what to do. You know, I give you the information but you decide what to do, or he'll say, "No, you need to go to urgent care right now." <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I want you to go to the doctor right now. All right. Oh, it's
1: it's beautiful that like a lot of times their human characteristics do still come out in the afterlife. I'm curious to know, like, because he's now a, a different kind of version of himself. Does he show up differently aside from knowing more knowledge? Does he? Does he? Is he more warm? Is he? Less heavy as he was as a human being.
2: I'm just curious to know the Yeah, how he was different when he was in a body. He was impatient. He was. Uh, he could be. Let's just say, um, um, de- demanding. Uh, sometimes he had this real king mentality, mm. you know, like like uh, like any monarch, you know, would be generous with his his peons, right, the people. But to expect, well, you should serve me <laughs> like, like I shouldn't be serving you. And so he had that attitude. Well, he was a double Leo, um, you know, Leo's son and Leo Moon. But so am I. So the problem was that he wasn't treating me like the queen or his equal. And he was more like, you know, you're the servant to the king. And I go, hey, wait a minute. You know, I'm your, I'm your partner in a literal sense. So now but he crossed over, completely different, completely patient, understanding, Supportive, right? Just, just always has this wisdom to give me or somebody else. But he's still really funny because he was British, so we're talking a little bit Monty Python crazy (laughs) now, or his favorite Ricky Gervais, that kind of thing. That was my husband, so he still is can be very funny, and will, and even our clients and students will say. When they they say I heard Alan say this and they just said I just laughed like he's just so funny, and I go yep that's that's him yeah. you know it's very funny. But he said on the higher realms they actually are very funny, they actually have a lot of emotion. And in fact, he says the archangels are actually uh, a bunch of comedians <laughs> like like <laughs> a, like uh, there's a comedy club I guess up there in oh, heaven where God. all the archangels are just out doing themselves. Except this is what's so funny. But he told me. They're all funny, except we don't know what's with Archangel, um, one of the archangels. Oh, God, what's his name? The one that begins with an M. Um, Dan, help me out. Oh, Metatron? Yes, yes. He, he has says, his Metatron. He says, Archangel, Metatron is so serious. We don't know what's with him. It's funny because I actually see that. I totally, really? yeah, I totally see that. Oh, I'm so glad you confirmed that for me because I was like, what <laughs> he, goes, uh, he goes he doesn't have a sense of humor <laughs> like oh, everybody God. else is is just laughing and joking oh, and he oh, likes that oh, is God. i'm so thank you for confirming that for me because i had no clue yeah it's I, interesting. I,
1: metatron when metatron comes in usually metatron is quite to the point and oh okay there you go
2: okay yeah well the rest of those guys out there they're just high-fiving they're just like having a good really, time like, oh yeah It's joy. It's joy. I love it. It's joy. Just having fun. So I've got a few questions for you for
1: those that are listening, and maybe they do want to connect with some loved ones, but but they're scared. So I want to ask a little bit of a politically charged or a spiritually charged question, because, you know, I was working on a book a while back, and mediumship in the Bible says, no, this is of the devil. And so I prayed on it. I said, okay, God, show me a sign that, you know, that that I'm on the right path. Like, give me a clear sign. And the wind literally blew the front door of the house I was in open and out direct in my line of sight across a river on the top of the hill was a cross. And so I knew that spirit that God has said, okay, you're on the right path. It's okay. Even though it says this, what do you do when people kind of say, oh, you're, working with devil's work, you know,
2: what is your response to that? Or, or, you know, what do you say to that? I mean, like just saying negative things like you should Okay. This is, this is a challenge that I I've noticed is that, and, and Alan was a natural, is a natural born medium. He says not was, is a natural born medium. He always was, had this question that bothered him knowing because he was a medium. And he said, How does the medium know that they're really talking to the dead? Because he knew that a psychic could get all the information easier than talking to the deceased because we're energy beings, right? So you could read anybody and say, well, this is what they're going through. And this is how many houses they lived in and all all the stuff, okay, all of it. I'm not saying all psychics do that, but I'm saying that is possible. And I've seen that happen. I've even heard a medium say that it's very much, much easier to read the dead than it is to talk to them. And she said that that's the dilemma, that some of them fall into reading them because they're challenged to deliver some extraordinary details that nowadays Netflix and Amazon Prime on these specials make it look like, oh, you should just be able to tell them every single thing. That's really not what happens in many cases because... The spirit is the one who should really is really deciding what they're gonna say. And they may not really give a rip that you that we impress the client with the names of every street they lived on and their even maybe even the way they died. Some of them I've heard them say, I don't want to talk about that. Like, I'm over that. Like, and so what are you gonna do when somebody asks you, well, how did they die? You go, you'd have to go read them. You'd have to go get that information if you're concerned about that. So so when I have people say, how do you know, you know, that is this right or wrong? And, and I don't but, but the thing is, if we understand that there's only oneness, there's only God, there's only oneness, how could it be wrong? And how could we even be separated because they don't die? We're not dead, we just don't have a body, they're just in another dimension. And humanity is evolving and part of that evolution is to raise our consciousness to be quasi spirit, quasi spirit. You know, in, the, in other words, that's why people are being able to communicate with the other side, right? Because we're raising our, we're going closer. We can't go into the fifth dimension because we'd have to drop our bodies to do that. But our minds can. Our mind can go. That's why people have near death experiences. Yeah. They didn't drop their body. You can go visit. You can't stay. That's all. That's and and even when I teach people how to actually go visit. The spirit world and connect but more importantly their loved one is trying to reach them and but we're meeting them halfway but yes yeah. so so when people say well you're holding them back because communicate we have to let them go and this is the standard line from what I understand a lot of mediums are telling me you have to let the dead go life is for the living and I go wait a minute but they're living too what are you talking about they're not dead like till death do us part wait a minute they're not dead why do we have to part that's just the body folks Right. The consciousness that they are can still be here because thanks to quantum physics, we know that we are multidimensional. We exist in all different levels of reality. We can be here. We can be on the other side. But we cannot hold anybody back. We're not that powerful to hold that soul back from what it wants to do. Who the heck do we think we are? Like, that's ridiculous. So the soul does come to connect. But if we don't believe, if we our belief system says you're dead and gone. That's it. And the medium told me that you're going to, you know, I have to let you go or you're not going to evolve. Well, I don't want that for you. So I guess I'll let you go. But that's, analysis, that's just poppycock. It's like, that's just the medium's belief system. And that's what we're bumping up against in our work. To be honest with you, he told me that we would find resistance from mediums who are actually, I hear, I hear from other people that are in some mediumship groups that they're actually, they're talking with themselves like they're against direct communication of their clients. These are some pockets here and there. Okay, I'm not saying everybody. I'm not trying to malign all needs at all. But I can see that because what is in it for them to encourage their clients to go make direct contact, especially if they don't know how to do that, teach them that, right? Like they don't know how to do that themselves. So why should they encourage you, right? So I have had just so many people tell me that they were told information that then Alan comes through and says, that's wrong. That's not true. You can't hold him back. And all I can do is say, this is what my husband says. You can take it or leave it. I'm not attached to it. If it doesn't resonate with you, by all means, go on by. Believe what you want to believe. I'm just here to say what he's telling me and what I feel in my you know, heart resonates as truth because I've been in this field for 30 long time yeah time and I hear spirit I ask a question and I get the download of information and so when I teach quite often I'm just channeling the class and I'm surprised myself at what I'm telling them but I know it's coming from higher mind you know and it's not coming from me because be honest with you I haven't read that many books I haven't studied with hardly anybody, I'm a, a true mystic in that I was taught by the other side because I opened up in 1987 when there was maybe, you know, all the spiritual books could fit in one little corner of a major bookstore, and that was it. You know, there was no Hay House, there was no, there's no teachers on a mass level, there was no internet, there was none of that. So I heard spirits saying, "We're teaching you," you know, and then from then on, even now. I just know what I know when I need to know it. And they show me what the truth is. But
1: people, nobody has to believe it. <laughs> right. And, you know, I love that you just you just said, you know, take what resonates, leave what does. Absolutely. You know, I think for me, what it comes down to is it's about the intention. You know, if I'm connecting through a seance to like play around in that space and, and not actively be intending to do something out of love or out of healing, Then it starts to become maybe more of that dark, ominous energy. But what you're telling me is that, you know, there's some deeper truths around the healing process for all of us that are still here in our human form. So say someone's listening, Pam, and they want to connect with a loved one, but they've been struggling to do that. Are there any tips or pointers you can give people?
2: Sure. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I give them a lot in our Facebook group all the time. And I have to keep repeating it because people, it's hard to for them to hold on to, especially when you're grieving, right? So so when you're deep in grief, it, it's like there's a wall that it's hard for spirit to break through. And I'm sure you're kind of aware of that. It's like, it's it's just hard. So you gotta get through that, you gotta process it, feel your feelings, but start to, if you start to believe you know, that it's possible to perceive them and hear them and see them even, then you make it easier for them to come through. So because usually they are trying very hard they're almost like, I see sometimes they're jumping up and down going, I'm here, I'm here, like, can't, can't you hear me, you know? And of course, if you're grieving, it's really hard. But one thing Alan said to me at the very beginning, and I've seen this with so many people, he said, um, spirit has, it's really easy for spirit to put their thoughts into your mind. That's how the messages can come very easily, but people will dismiss it and say, oh, I'm making that up. But if something just pops into your awareness out of the blue, Do consider that that's them, especially if you want the communication. For one thing, that has to be like your intention, right? I want the communication, not like, oh, you have to believe you can have it, right? Because if you are sitting there going, they're dead, I will never hear from them again. I mean, that's shutting the door. But if you say, I'd like to hear from them, I'd like to perceive what my loved one's trying to say, then you're opening the door, right? So then, the next thing is trust, which you build. Hearing the thing is the conscious mind is designed to really doubt, question, or even fear in some cases things it doesn't understand because it's it's wired for survival. So it sees this as a threat. Like, what do you mean you're talking to somebody in this group? Like, so it's it's going to question. Like, well, what is that? That can't be. You know, right. if you're thinking to yourself, is that my mother talking to me? But it could very well be your mother. So I tell my students, and I'm going to tell them ready this, I'd say, if you are open to communication and ask, ask for that, just openly in your mind or out loud, I want to connect with you, mom. I want to hear you, feel you, see you, whatever way you can come through. I'm open and I'm going to believe. Okay. So I issue the seven day challenge. I go, okay, for seven days, just believe that every single thing is a sign. I don't care how, you know, crazy it is, right? Because what Alice showed me is that we're giving them, because of the power of our belief, the energy to come through the spirit world and deliver that, that will then prove it to us because we'll go, oh, they, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and all these synchronicities will start happening because we are here creating this reality anyway. We mm-hmm. just don't know that. We just think it's hap- happening randomly, but we are creating every bit of it. So I say, create this experience with them. But then somebody will go, but then I'm making it up. And I go, you're already making your life up. <laughs> but you already are. And you're making a life up, chances are, that you don't like. So how about you make up the life that you prefer? And okay. then what will happen is things will start happening to you that you go, oh, my God, that is just crazy. That synchronicity, that miracle, that mm-hmm. blessing, right? And you go, there's something to this. That's how you start proving that the world is truly but you know, benign, benevolent, it's oneness, and that you are creating the relationship through the veil. I tell my students, I can't create this for you. I'm just holding the space spaces, showing you that it's possible because I've got the connection. If one person can do something, that means others can't. And I that's just why. What- I love it. And, you know, it's. I I oftentimes
1: tell my students when they're struggling to connect, I said, let your imaginations.
2: Yes. Yes. Right. Because your imagination is how you create this reality. You're co-creating with them the the connection, right? Because And it feels like you're making it up because you're using your intuition, which is on the right side of the brain. And it's always going to feel like you're making it up. And we psychics know that we just get used to it. Like, okay, I'm making it up. And yeah. the more we make it up, the more it's accurate, right? Like the more you don't care. Exactly. Let that ego
1: get out of the way. I just, Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I do have another question for you. Thank you so much for those tips. But I have this other question. And I feel like someone needs to hear the answer to this. When somebody leaves their body and goes into the, you know, into the other dimensions, if you will, into the spiritual sense you know, and they come back and they visit us. When they reincarnate, can their spirit still
2: visit us? That was a question. That is coming up someday. Okay. So my understanding from spirit and from other sources that I trust, other, let's say spiritual sources that I trust, is that the greater part of us always remains in the spirit world. Okay. We, we never leave the spirit world. And that is why whether somebody incarnates or not, you could always communicate with them because the, the greater part is always there. And in fact, if you understand and accept the concept of us being multidimensional yes. and we're expressing a small part of ourselves into, I don't know, a hundred different lives or in a hundred different realities, whatever it may be, right? Yes. So does it really matter if, they, if we reincarnate or not or if we stay there or go to planet Pluto or something? Whatever, it doesn't. Consciousness is is always there. We're always one. We cannot not communicate with anybody unless we don't believe we can. Yeah. So the belief is the determining factor. Everything else is just oneness. There's That's all there is. Uh, I love that you keep bringing up belief
1: because I think that's such an important piece for all of us in what we want to perceive. We can decide what we want to believe. And we can test into our own vibrational frequency, our heart, in order to determine what it is in which to believe.
2: So it's exactly that the pro- that we have the freedom, the power to choose, right? We have free will. Yeah. And we are here to create whatever reality, whatever world we decide we want, we prefer. And so in my group, in my academy, we're creating this world. And because people coming together, we have more power to create that because because this is a time of the awakening and it means we're rising to fourth density, which is about group consciousness. It's really about people coming together. It's not about hiding out there in a mountain somewhere, unless you're guided to. Because right. Don't get me wrong, because some people, that is their mission to hold the energy for the planet or something, right? That's different because then they'll feel enlivened by that. They'll, they'll thrive in doing that. But other people could be running away and hiding in the hills. So, But for most of us, it's about coming together Whether physically online or both, or whatever, with those who you're in resonance with, because we're all creating our own realities. And we're all, we're really at a train station where we're choosing which train we're going to be on. We're all going to the same destination. But it's what are we experiencing along the journey, right? And in my train, I call it, we call it our supernatural love train. We're experiencing connection with spirit world, guides, angels, and our loved ones. As, as if they're right here talking to us with it. And in case of partners, they could also be kind of viscerally engaging with us, like physically engaging with us because they're energy beings. And so we can feel their energy. It's not like you feel nothing. And I know you know that because you can feel tingles, goosebumps, light pressure. I have people feeling kisses, yeah. touches. Like there is physical, absolutely physical contact. It's not like you feel nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and Alice says that the other side's getting stronger and their ability to deliver that, to deliver some sort of visceral, physical, non-physical contact, if you will, that is discernible, that the person here in a body would go, I know that's like my husband. Right. There's no doubt. Like I felt his, him hold my hand or something, right? Or give me a hug. That is happening for people that I know. More of that's going to happen. And I think we're living in an exciting time we're going to see more of this exploding. I'm, I'm meeting people all the time who are saying, I have this happening to me too. I didn't know. I thought I was the only one, you know? Nice. But yeah, yeah, we are we are in a
1: very special time. And, you know, the veil is being thinned. We are coming into remembrance of who we are and the things that we are capable of doing. So I love that you brought this to the surface. I love that, you know, you had the relationship you had with Alan to be able to Share with us and to be able to teach together, I think is just absolutely magnificent. So, Pam, I know that you have some offerings
2: and you've got oh, some yeah. things that you should share with the audience. Well, well, the first offering is you know our we have we've written a book, our supernatural love book, a true story of life and love after death, and it really does help people understand what this journey to connect with love and through the veil is. And I've had countless, countless numbers of people tell me that it helped them. It even helped them make the connection because when we created it, and that cover is, was actually designed by Alan from the other side through a friend of mine who's an amazing medium and channeler, and he told her how he wanted it to look and he pulled together photos and images and, and the painting, like the, the river, the stream or whatever that you see there, he painted that. He has I have an actual painting that he did. He was an artist. So he took his painting, he took a photo of us, he took other elements, and he had our good dear friend of us put that together. So he said this: the actual cover and the book itself would open a portal to the spirit world. And I've had many people tell me they feel that, that they could hear and connect with their loved one by just having that book. So, I mean, it's just magic. I'm just going to say that. And nobody wants to believe it or not. It was magic. And that ebook version of the book is just 99 cents. So we really want everybody to read that book because I know how manifestation works. If somebody reads that book, whether they believe it or not, they are anchoring that reality into this one. This is how things shift in this world and why books are so powerful or movies too, you know, anything that people observe, read, et cetera. And so if I could, I would give it away for free, but Amazon doesn't let me do that except for four times a year or something. But I decided, heck with that. I'm just going to, they do let me price it at 99 cents. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I'm going to make it 99 cents because I really want everybody who needs that book to read it. I don't care about, you know, it making money from the ebook. The paperbacking hardcover, yeah, I I can't do that. Amazon would let me if I could. But even if I was a gazillionaire, right, I couldn't do that because they have their minimum. 99 cent ebook. And that link is going to be in the show notes, everybody. So look for that link there. And you yeah, get this beautiful book, Supernatural. And just so people know, you don't have to have a Kindle to read the ebook because yeah. you can get the free app for your phone, right? Your tablet, your computer. Okay. So I have people reading it. And you do, for the ebook, you might have to go to, if you're in another country, go to your country's Amazon yeah. site because you yeah. can't always get it from the amazon.com, right? Yeah. But, um, but it's 99 sense. So... Amazing. Oh, Pam, any final words that you or Alan want to share with our audience before we wrap things up today? Okay. What he said to me to tell everybody is to know that synchronicity is always happening in our lives. That That is the nature of reality. So there are no accidents. There are coincidences don't think, well, what's that? That's weird. That doesn't make sense. That I imagine that? No, that happened for a reason. So claim whatever you think you perceive if you feel it relates to your loved one. you're Then you're giving them, because of your faith and your belief, you're giving them more of your energy, your earth energy, to bring them through to this reality because they are in another dimension. So if we don't have faith, we don't believe and have trust, it's like they don't have much to work with. And if we certainly do not believe, then they can't even do that because we're creating our reality and they cannot override that. They would never override that. So so they will back off. But if you want this connection, it has never been more easy to do this. I feel it is going to get even easier. I see it happening to people spontaneously and they don't understand what the heck is going on. I have people, I had someone who was a hardcore Christian I started to feel her husband like all over her and wondered what the heck is going on. You'd be surprised how many people are having these experiences because you don't have to be psychic. Well, Alice says you already are psychic, but you don't have to believe that you're psychic to have all this phenomenon because your love went through the veil could be so strong that they're just gonna be bound and determined to come through. But they're all different over there, so you cannot compare your experience to anybody else's because some of them have a greater ability to make contact and others just need to learn. That's where we founded our academy to train. Well, Alan's teaching loved ones in the spirit world how to come through. And I've had mediums even confirm that that telling our students, well, your, your husband seems to be in a class on the other side at the same time that you're in this class you're talking to me about. And she goes, yeah, I go, yeah, he is. I was told that my husband's studying with Alan in the spirit world. And they meet him and go, yo, yeah, well, he is, you know. <laughs> so that's what Alice said he was going to do because he said that the spirits over there don't all have the ability to come through, but they can learn. And they will learn if we are doing our part to raise our vibration, to clear our limiting beliefs, and just trust and believe, right, that they're here. Then we give them the leverage to do that. But if we don't, then they can't, you know, they, they will just wait for us to, Guess. Crossover, yeah, but but there is, he's Okay, well, I'll say this one thing he's saying to me: just know that this it, these interdimensional relationships are going to increase in number until they be, they kind of will. He says will take over the um, you know, the, the interest of spiritual community, which is now focused on a lot of near death experiences. Right. This, is, this is the next thing because wow. people are going to realize that that you don't have to. T- die to have this transformed experience that connecting with someone in the spirit world who loves you unconditionally can actually transform you without dying. Wow. Which is what I'm seeing with people. In other words, you're going to spiritually open up and become more intuitive, but more importantly, be who you really are. That just and not be distorted, yeah. living from your ego, physical, mind, personality, right? You're going to be That's living awesome. as your higher mind. Yeah. So grief, I see grief as a has the potential to be a spiritually transformed experience, much in the same way as an, an near death experience, but without the physical trauma. Right? right? And that everyone, everyone can have this. You don't have to die to have an NDE. Everyone, because everyone's lost somebody, everyone could have a spiritually transformative experience that would change them and heal them on every level. Beautiful. I love this
1: perspective and this idea that we can go through deep transformation by connecting with those that we have lost from this human world or not physically from us, right? Just physically transformed. Absolutely. It's such a beautiful gateway for us to consider. So, thank you so much, Pam, for bringing light to this. And showing us that there's many different ways in which we can go through our grieving process, our healing process, and our evolution, if you will. So thank you, Pam.
2: No, thank you so much. Thank you. And if anyone, thank you. And he says if anyone wants to join us in our, you know, Facebook group, we have a free group. So Mason, the Afterlight, mm-hmm. and if they want to hear more, learn more about our academy, that's on our website, SupernaturalLove.com. Beautiful. So, And
1: we'll have all that information in the show
2: notes for all of you. Thank you
1: for tuning in. I can't wait to be with you all again next time on When Spirit Calls. Thanks again, Pam. Bye. Bye. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that
0: you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca, and when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.